0: This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, let's go ahead and get started with Not Another Church Podcast. And so tonight we are beginning the discussion going back to marriage. We've had uh, four weeks before Christmas that we talked about marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one of those weeks we had different guests, special guests that came in and we talked about um, expectations, and we've talked about some conflict resolution, and 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 we're going to continue that. Uh, I wanted us to take this week as we kick back into discussion about marriage, um, and and just recognize where we are as a country, recognize where we are, uh, just with mental health, the state of mental health in our country, and how that's affecting people's marriage. One of the things. As uh, as I've done grief counseling or we've met with people that I think is super important is for folks to recognize and realize when they're going through some mental health stuff that it's normal and what to expect and what's going on. One example of that is, is in grief, you normally, in, in, under normal circumstances, kind of cycle through um, anger, bargaining, depression. And and when people realize that that's normal Mm -hmm. and they realize that that's what's expected, then you can just deal with where you are, not with the feeling that I'm losing my mind, that I'm I'm going crazy. And so I want us to kind of, first of all, I guess we're going to break this up in two parts. The first part, I want us to frame what what the issue is. And the second part, I want us to talk about how to kind of work through it. And so I think, uh, in if, if anybody goes to see a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, um, you're going to, to probably have to fill out something that's called a, a, a um, stress continuum index scale, a life cycle index scale. And what that does is that looks at things that happen in your life. So uh, just some of the things that it talks about is death of a spouse, uh, divorce, separation, going to jail. These are all things in a person's life. Being
1: sick. Being that's sick, important right yes, now.
0: <laughs> yes, being sick. Uh, marriage, getting fired at work. It's not just bad things. It's any change.
1: Yeah, having a baby is on there because yes. that's a good thing, but it is also a very stressful thing.
0: Yeah, um, mortgage over $20,000.
1: Yeah, that can be stressful. So
0: so there are things that happen in our life, not necessarily bad things, that that's changed, that's big, that adds to your sense of being stressed. Right. And normally what happens is, is you, you, say, you go to the doctor and you say, I'm, 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 I'm having all these problems, and they'll get you to fill out one of those forms, and then they'll look at you and say, why wow, your score is 382 because mm-hmm. of the changes, and <clears throat> any score over 300 means that you are clinically defined as stressed. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to step out on a limb here Mm -hmm. and say that if you look at that and you look at sickness, work changes, um, changes in your home life, those sorts of things are usually high index
1: incidents. Right.
0: I'm going to say that most of our country right now could be emotionally defined as stressed to the max. And so (laughs) if you just look at, uh, what's going on with COVID, what's going on in the last political cycle, what's going on with some of the the uh, racial tensions that's going on in our country. Right.
1: Isolation. A lot of people are isolated in oh, ways. yes.
0: Yes, yes. I,
1: breakdown I, of relationships because we can't get together with people. Um, the things that we usually do for fun to relieve stress are not there. You know, sporting events. It's hard to do that. Um, Parties, all that kind of thing And
0: and on the list is Christmas is It's not a high high number But it's like a 12
1: Is stressful you mean? It
0: it, it is stressful Mm -hmm. Um, But
1: it's even more stressful When you have to FaceTime for Christmas mm, Or you can't get together with anybody And then you're depressed Because you're like Well here I am sitting here on Christmas morning and my parents aren't here or, you know, um, you know, the people that I usually get together with and my family aren't here. You can't have the normal meals and the different, you know, fun stuff. A-
0: absolutely. And, and I think this is affecting everyone in our country. Um, a lot of folks um, have had to, whether they wanted to or not, homeschool. Yeah, and
1: that's definitely stressful. Oh. Having your children around, having anyone around, 24-7 is just not what we're used to, and so that takes time to get used to, to adjust to, and then you have to figure out that relationship and how that's going to work, and um, that's definitely stressful.
0: So <laughs> in our country, we're already seeing, um, I've got an article here from um, the uh, uh, from uh, a medical journal that uh, is the implications of COVID nineteen for suicide in over older adults. We're okay. seeing suicide rates go up because people are isolated. They're mm-hmm. cut off. They're not being a part of. They're not being included in things in their family. We're seeing um, drug and alcohol use go up because mm-hmm. people are highly stressed. There are normal reactions. That we're seeing, and we're seeing in people's marriages that that has implications. So the National Law Review uh, put an article out to uh, here in January to discuss with their their lawyers, um, and the discussion is about the evidence that the pandemic is leading to an uptick in divorce rates. Mm-hmm. So the statistics that as of this recording in January of twenty twenty one, the earliest statistics that we have access to are April and by April the interest in divorce expressed to lawyers uh-huh. uh, has already gone up by, had had already gone up by 34%.
1: And we'd are only been in lockdown for a month at that point, right? At that point
0: we'd been in lockdown for a month. Yes. So
1: after a month of being around your significant other, your spouse,
0: yeah, you realize you don't actually <laughs> love them.
1: <laughs> You're like, I'm out of here.
0: No, it's all these stressors that we're talking about and yeah. I think that that if you're used to seeing someone two hours, three hours a day before you go to bed right. and you are uh, sitting around with each other and you're both trying to work from home and yes. you've got kids piling all over mm-hmm. you, um, yeah. So yeah. lawyers have seen an uptick in interest of divorce by 34%. As of right now, uh, 20% of couples who have been married for five months or less are seeking divorce. Okay. That's double what the average was in 2019 because that, that statistic was 10, 11%. So that's doubled in newlyweds who are saying, uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Mm-mm. Right. And so...
1: Well, that first year of marriage is, for most people, very a very hard year, even though, you know, it's not marketed that way i guess you could say uh to people i mean people if it are was like, marketed oh, with reality
0: I, nobody's gonna buy it like, but what <laughs> i mean is, is
1: that you know everybody's like you know oh it's the honeymoon phase all this stuff well for a lot of people that you know we talk to because we do a lot of marriage counseling and premarital counseling um for the audience that may not know that um what we see is that that first year of marriage is very difficult for most people because um you're around each other 24-7 in this instance, but also you're now living with someone. You're getting used to all of their little habits and annoyances, and you're seeing each other with morning breath and with you know your hair a mess and how you really are. And so people have to adjust So to marriage
0: isn't just a long date. No. And the realization mm-hmm. that um, he's not going to pick his socks up in the la- and put right. him in the laundry basket, or she's not going to um, make the bed. And, and all of those, th- the way we faked each other out while we were dating right. to put our best foot forward and to appear the best isn't reality. And that is stressful. Uh, I, I know that those who go to church at North Glencoe have heard me say that our first four or five years of marriage were really difficult, primarily because of me. But just getting to know a person and realizing that, um, wow, human beings can be a pain.
1: Yeah, it's hard on a lot of levels because usually people um, marry their opposite in some categories. I mean, a lot of times we have a lot in common, but then we marry our opposite. Maybe one of you is a saver, one of you is a spender. Um, one of you is an extrovert, one of you is an introvert, that kind of thing, and that really can um, one of you
0: is a planner, one of yes. you is a fly by the seat of their pants
1: yes the one of you is organized, one of you is very unorganized or one of you is clean, did I get a dirty messy. look for that <laughs> <laughs> but um but those things can be really trying um on on couples, and so um, it's not so anyway, all that to say it's not unusual to see people stressed in their first year of marriage, but when you add uh, quarantine, when you add um, the, all the things that have happened in the last and the year, uncertainty
0: i mean i don't think anybody. For their job is absolutely certain now mm-hmm. that a year from now they're still going to be employed. And that level of stress by itself.
1: Yeah. And it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to plan for anything, even a month in advance. Um, so it's understandable that more people are getting divorced. That divorce rate has doubled. And I guess I guess our purpose in this podcast is to help, right? Sure. So- and to help you figure out... If you're in that situation, or maybe your situation is not that dire, and maybe you've been married a long time, but um, there's things that you can do. There's coping me- mechanisms, excuse me, that you can um, use to help you um, get along better and to get used to each other and to um, to do better, I guess.
0: Sure. So I, I think <laughs> the first thing I want, I want to say to the listener is, if you're finding that as you go through your day that your spouse and your kids and the dog and everybody's getting on your nerves and you seem short with everyone, I, I just want to say out loud, that's okay, it's normal.
1: It, well, it, I don't know if it's okay, but it is normal. You're not the only one. I mean, I think sometimes, you know, we talk about just knowing what's going on sure. in a situation helps everyone and... and um I think the whole family needs to have conversation about it. You know, if it's just you and your husband or you and your wife, talk about about these things. And if you've got kids, talk about them. Communication is key in relationships. And I would say that the things that we see, wouldn't you agree, is that most people don't communicate well. And when they try to communicate better, um, it always helps.
0: Sure, sure. Now, we're going to get to there, but before we get to, to some of the fixes, I, I want I want to explain a little bit about why it is that you're short, and, and so uh, Ann and I were missionaries to... Um,
1: you never introduced me, by the way, so... Well,
0: everybody knows who you are.
1: <laughs> yeah, but if you're listening to the podcast, they don't know who's talking.
0: Uh, um. Well, I'm Tom Harrison, the pastor at North Lincoln Baptist Church, and this is my beautiful bride, Ann. Um no, uh, we were missionaries to Central Asia, and uh, in the training before we went, they talked a lot about uh, something that's called culture shock. Mm-hmm. And what culture shock looks like is is you first get to your country, and you you it, you have like a a week or two of a honeymoon phase. It's like you're a tourist.
1: Mm-hmm. You're like,
0: oh, look at the building, and uh, there's fatigue, and you're you you've got the the normal jet lag and and that sort of stuff going on, but. The first few weeks, it's kind of, uh, it's fun, it's exciting. Then after that wears off a little bit, what ends up happening is, is you start seeing that you require more sleep, Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you generally speaking, are more short with people. You have, uh, you're easier to irritate. You have a generally worse attitude, and this may go on for as long as three months. And the reason why they think that this occurs has to do with the fact that as you're going through your day in America, you don't have to think about the social constructs. Right. Like uh, where we live, for example, if in America, if you're standing, if you're standing in a crosswalk, um, usually traffic stops. And you can just, you, that's an accepted, mm-hmm. expected social construct that right. I can walk across. Where we went and, and ministered, that was not the case. No. If you stepped out, you're going to get smashed. Yes. And so the, all <laughs> the little things like that, that when you go to the store, when somebody steps in front of you, normally you kind of back up, excuse me. And all of mm-hmm. those little things that you don't think about as you go through your day that are unwritten um Little social agreements that we have. When you get on an elevator, you go to the back of the elevator. Those sort of things are all different in other cultures. And so everything that you do, you have to think about it because it's different. That's the,
1: exhausting, too.
0: The billboards are in another language. You you can't figure out because you can't read what the washing machine says. You can't figure out how to put things on cycles because nobody can interpret those pictures. No. They, You go to the grocery store. I, I mean, I remember we had been there a day, and I went to the grocery store, and you told me to get flour. And I didn't know the word for flour. Yeah. I could find the bag but of flour. But there was a
1: whole aisle of all these different kinds of flour. Absolutely. And you didn't know which one to get, and... Yeah, you'd think it'd be obvious, but it was remarkably not obvious. I mean, it was so and, weird. And, and
0: I remember yeah. trying to buy sour cream and using Google Translate and asking for soured cream, mm-hmm. and the poor guy who was working there is looking at my phone where it said mm-hmm. it in Turkish, and he's going, why would you want soured cream? Yeah. Because it's a totally different word. All those things build up so that you your brain can never turn off. You can never kind of go in robot mode and just do what you do. Okay, so that's culture shock. Where we are today, you have a normal. What is your normal? Where you have a ter- certain time that you get up, you kind of zombie to the coffee pot, you do your thing, you you take the kids to school, you go to work. That's normal. And when you're doing that, there's lots of times that you can kind of go into autopilot. You yeah, don't because it's to think. a
1: routine, and your routine has changed.
0: And now everything in your routine has changed.
1: And we keep laughing about. This is the new normal, but it's not. Everything keeps changing. The kids go to school. The kids stop going to school. They're online. Then they go back. Then they, you know, it's back and forth. And for some people, depending on where you live, your kids have been home this whole time. Some people are choosing to keep their children at home. Um, You know, possibly people have had sickness in their family.
0: Yeah, we haven't even touched on the fact that there's real sickness, real death, real fear we're just now talking mm-hmm. about the awkwardness. Yeah, economic
1: of, fear, a lot of fears, a lot of stress.
0: When you go every, I mean, we've been in this for now a, almost a year. And I still, I, last night, we were Ann and I were going into Winn-Dixie. Uh, I got out of the truck, walked to the door, looked at her. She has this crazy looking mask on. And I go, ah, have to go back to the truck, get a mask, come back.
1: I don't know why you still forget. I I don't know,
0: because I'm stupid. (laughs) So everything is different, and there is no normal. Yeah. As we try to plan things out at the church, it's like, so what are we going to do about Easter? And I have to go, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think that's really hard because I think when this first started— they initially said, let's flatten the curve. Yeah, two
0: weeks, man. Flatten the curve.
1: So they gave us this impression that this was going to be short and it was going to be okay, and if we did this, then if we locked down, then everything would be okay and we'd go back to normal. So that was our expectation, and our expectations were wrong, and now we feel like there's no end in sight. We have no way to predict or understand What the future holds, and even though we really never know that truly, um, we think we do. Sure,
0: it's a fiction we tell ourselves. And
1: so, it's really hard to live in a situation where you just never know what's going to happen. Sure. And it takes a toll on your body, it takes a toll on your um, mind and on your relationships.
0: So, because of all of the things that we've described here, you're walking around in an exhausted emotional state, you're interacting with, with, and and this is unfortunate, but we've already talked about this in this podcast. Generally speaking, we treat the people that we love in a way that we would never treat a stranger. And and that's really strange that we do that. Mm -hmm. But if I'm in a bad mood and a stranger comes up to me and says, hey man, I'm likely to be somewhat kind force myself to be nice mm-hmm. force myself to treat them with respect but if my child or you and and i'm in a bad mood you come up and like hey what do you want for supper why the same thing i, I mean it, we yeah. we don't cover up we don't put the masks on we don't cover uh, masks not
1: not those masks COVID yeah masks.
0: we don't we don't
1: we're not as polite we're polite. not as kind we don't hold back
0: and so what is happening in a lot of relationships, and I didn't realize uh, we do, uh, the guests who have been speaking in the podcast, are we're, we're drawing that from a young married couple, small group that we do, and in a discussion that we had with that group, they expressed to us as a group how much of a toll, that, which is why we're doing this podcast, by the way, how much of a toll this time has had on their relationships. Yeah. And so, okay, I think we framed the problem. That's we know that we're all being jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we don't like the people that we're stuck in the house with. We're
1: all very stressed. We're tired. We're anxious. We're worried.
0: And I, one of the things that we didn't touch on, which is no, n- really normal. Okay, so this happens all the time with people who are dealing with sickness or dealing with things that are out of their control. It's really normal for a person to kind of subconsciously say, I can't control these areas of my life over here. They're out of my control. And so I'm going to hyper control the areas that I can control. Yeah. So you're not going to tell me what to do. I want to watch law and order. We're not watching NCI <laughs> because I can control that. Right. And so there are things that we normally would let slide that now we're drawing a line in the sand.
1: But that's not conscious. I mean, no, you, it's don't, not. you don't realize you're doing that. And I think that's what a lot, of, a lot of things, a lot of arguments are happening over minor issues, things that are kind of dumb um, for these subconscious reasons. Sure.
0: So we framed the problem. We know what's going on now. So, Ann, if you could just, w- let's fix it. Okay. If you'll go ahead. And-
1: let's, let's fix it. Um, well, one of the things that, that, that we talk about a lot is communication. Yes. hmm
0: Communication is always... Uh,
1: so what do we mean by that? though? What is, what is good communication look like?
0: Well, it, it isn't walking around with your heart on your sleeve. And so if somebody says something you don't like, you say, hey, that's making me mad. Don't say that. What it, what communication is, is first, um recognizing what's important and not important and the things that are important we talk about. We don't just assume that we're reading the other person's mind. Right. So in marriages especially, I mean I I joked with someone yesterday that I can look at you and say, you know, the guy from the thing. And you will be able to figure <laughs> I out know who that is. <laughs> you yeah. know who that the guy from the thing yeah. is. <laughs> because we we've been married for 30 years 29
1: well 30 we're rounded. Mm-hmm. well actually in march it's 29 so, years
0: 28.11 years mm-hmm. there we go we've been married um there's
1: no point eleven, baby anyway go ahead um <laughs>
0: Okay, that's getting on my nerves. I d- <laughs>
1: we need to have some good communication. That's right.
0: This. We need to communicate well. <laughs> so it's natural to assume that since I can read your mind there or you can read my mind, that if you um, are, are storming around about something, mm-hmm. that I can figure out what that is and assume.
1: No, just ask. Just ask. I mean, I think that's part of the problem is that people... Um, whether it's with your spouse or your kids or your friends or what, I mean, we all are making way too many assumptions, like say stuff out loud, ask questions, just, just do it. You know, just say, are you upset? And then if you're asked that question, don't lie and say, nah, it's so you're saying that women shouldn't
0: give the fine
1: fine. It's okay. Nothing's bothering. Don't do that. Just be honest with each other. And and say yes, and then, well, what's the matter? Then just tell them and try to actually um, deal with what's happening. Um, but I think part of communication is talking when you're not upset, when you're, things are not going bad, yes. and just saying, hey, let's all recognize that this is a stressful time in life, that there are times when um, – when we're all stressed, and that's not an excuse, so let's not use it as an excuse, but let's give each other the benefit of the doubt, and let's realize that maybe we shouldn't be taking things personally right. as much, but that we're going to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. And then if you're being a jerk or whatever, if somebody if somebody calls you on it, your spouse calls you on it, then admit it. Just I mean, just be like, yeah, you're right, I'm upset because this thing happened or that thing happened and I'm taking it out on you and I'm sorry I shouldn't do that and try to, you know, regroup. But I think talking about things before they're a problem and saying, look, things are stressful. We're going to have some issues here. Let's recognize that first of all. And then let's do our best to um, really get to what's going on, the heart of the matter. Or, you know, implement things like, if you're in the house all day with your spouse because you're both working at home and all your kids are there, you know, try to make a plan. Like, try to say, I'm going to work in the morning and you're going to work in the afternoon because the other one has to, um, you know, help the kids with their school, for example. And, you know, I'm going to take breaks at certain times so that I don't get overwhelmed or, um, you know... If if things are getting elevated or heated, we're going to take a timeout and everyone's going to retreat to their bedroom. If you share a bedroom, then one of you is going to retreat to the bathroom or the walk-in <laughs> closet. I don't know. Which brings you up know? a good
0: point that one of the <laughs> things that, and just talking to people normally, what has happened is is if you're you you see your spouse in the morning, you go to work, and then you see your spouse at night. Some people naturally, as a part of their the way that God made them, need time alone. Yeah. And so this is what we mean by communication. This is a tangible example. So if you're a person who, to recharge your batteries, needs to be alone for a period of time, rather than just assuming that everybody knows that about you and assuming that everybody's going to give you your space, then you say, okay, normally when I'm at work, I'm alone. Or normally I get this time, the drive to and from or whatever, that's gone. And so during the day, at some point, I I need an hour.
1: Yeah, and work it out. And then say, okay, well then from, you know, five to six, you're going to do whatever in the other room. And I'm not going to take it personally. Exactly. I'm not going to say, oh, he doesn't like me. He doesn't want to spend time with me. It's all about me. It's not about me. It's about the fact that. You know, you need to recharge, you need some alone time, and that's reasonable and that's okay. And so if you know that and you've communicated about that, then that prevents hurt feelings. So that's a really good example of how you can figure things out to where, you know, and we've known um, couples where one of them is an extrovert and needs that together time. Right. Um, And needs to talk and whatever. So, sometimes you need to say that out loud too. I just need to talk to you and tell you about my day or my thoughts or my whatever I got to say. And so, let's plan a time. Because you can be around each other all day and it not be quality time. Like, you can be in the same house but not actually spend time, quality time together. And so, maybe you do need some quality time that's scheduled of let's have a meal together or whatever.
0: And and I would even say there there's a, a man in the church who uh, recently said, because I had posted something online about you and I going on a date, and then the next week um, he had texted me about something and needed to talk to me. And I said, well, sorry, I'm, I'm offline. I'm, I'm on a date with my wife. And he went this last weekend on a date with his wife, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I hadn't been doing this. And it shocked me because, A, I assume that everybody knows, especially older folks who have been married for a period of time, you've got to set aside time that you and your spouse are together.
1: To connect. To
0: connect, where you're not sitting down and working on a budget or you're not working on what we're going to do to to. to fix the problems that this child has. You're just laughing and cutting up and, and having fun and giggling and doing something that is not, uh, doesn't have a purpose. You're dating, you're, you're dating. Yeah.
1: And I mean, it's been interesting to me, um, for those of you that do not know this, Tom and I work together. Tom's the pastor, I'm the secretary. So we're in the office. He, he is off on Friday, but so I'm, I work five days a week. Um, so, I work one day a week. Well, haha, you're there Monday through Thursday. <laughs> a lot of Fridays, even though it's your day off, and um, you know, sometimes Saturday and Sunday. But the point being, we're in the office all day together. And he, you know, you're in your office doing sermon prep, doing counseling, meeting with people, doing things, doing podcasts, doing lots of things. And I'm at my desk in another office doing a lot of things on the computer and on the phone and um, that kind of stuff. Um, But even though we are technically together all day, every day, um, that's not quality time because we're not sitting there talking and chit-chatting all day, and um, we're very busy. We're busy with other people. We're busy with business. We're busy with things. And so we typically every, almost every Friday night, we don't always every Friday night, but for the most part, when we can, we go out every Friday night, me and you. And that, to me, makes a huge difference because that's when we can talk about stuff. That's when we can laugh and cut up and have fun. And, um, you know, and that, to me, is quality time, whereas when we're in the office together... um,
0: I think any time with you is quality time, baby.
1: (laughs) But what I'm saying is that that's (laughs) the same as if you're in the house together because you're both working at home all day. That's not quality time all day long. Or... um, And even if you're not in that situation, if you're both going to work and you're coming home at night, you know, you're cooking, you're doing laundry, you're doing this, that and the other and everything. So you need some some scheduled time time to right to
0: to just laugh about 80s music, which is what we laughed about last Friday night in the
1: car. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: you've got to work to remain friends you've as weird as this sounds you've got to work and plan to have fun because the reason why you married the person that you married is because you liked them and you like to be around them and oftentimes over the course of 20 30 40 50 years of marriage you forget that yeah and that becomes uh, you you you're you both learn how to be a team that's raising kids, paying the bills, getting the yard taken care of, doing the housework, remodeling the house, all the things that you do, and that's that you can have fun as you're doing that. But it's not the same as having time set aside where you men can uh, cherish your wife, make her feel like you care about her. I mean, you do the same thing with your buddies when you go fishing or you go to the ball game, so do that with her, and ladies, that's a time for you to remember why you married this guy, because if all you're doing is doing stuff, then it's oftentimes easy to forget, hey, this this is the person that I married because I thought she was hot, and I thought she was funny, and I thought she was smart, and I want to be reminded of that, and so Step one is you've got to communicate. If something that your spouse is doing gets on your nerves, and I'm not saying you yell at them, but you've got to let them know.
1: And oftentimes, speaking of yelling, it's better <laughs> to meet when, when things aren't going well to have a time that you say, hey, let's sit down when we're not upset with each other. Let's schedule this tomorrow at lunch, whatever um, time you can set aside and say, let's just talk about how we can do this better um, when you're not upset with each other and put put some plans in place to make your life smoother, to communicate better, um, to explain yourself, to ask questions about sure. the other person, that works better when you're not in the heat of the moment. And then when things do come up, um, if you'll remember what you, know, you planned, how you're going to work through these things, um, things are easier, smoother, better, and happier.
0: So we've said step one is communicate, communicate, communicate. Step two is even in the midst of all of the chaos, keep dating. And that that may be that all the restaurants are closed and you can't go to top of the river or whatever because of what's going on, but it doesn't mean you can't go for a walk together. It doesn't mean that you can't do things together. And then step three is remember the things that we've told you about what the cause is. And I, I want to give a personal example of this because this actually happened to me last week. I uh, had had a stressful day at, at work, all of the things that we've talked about. I, I come home and there are five or six small things that just annoyed me. And I I, I had gone to the our bedroom and was changing and was just in a sorry mood. And I was ready to give one of the kids what for and yell at you and be be ugly. And it just hit me that, hey, you're not really upset about any of these things. And the best thing you can do, big shooter, is shut your mouth. (laughs) And once it it, it washed over me that what I was really was stressed and not upset about the shoes laying in the floor or the backpack on the back of the chair or the, or the, or the, or the, or the, or the, but what I really was, was just stressed. The anger or, and the frustration and the, the nastiness that was building up in me just kind of went away because yeah. I you realized. You took it, a
1: minute really is what you did. You took a minute for yourself and that's okay.
0: And so what I want to implore our, our, our listeners to do is just recognize that you're going to be stressed. You're going to be Mm Kind of pulled in a bunch of different directions and not know how you feel about things. And just stop and realize that it's probably not your spouse that's causing the stress. It's probably not the kids that's causing the stress. It's probably not the dog that's causing the stress. Even if at that moment you can point to something, it's probably the accumulation of everything. And so just suck it up and be an adult and go, okay, I'm going to deal.
1: Well, not only that, I mean, when you marry somebody and you have children and stuff, y'all are all on the same team. Like, right. y'all are all work, you're supposed to be, should be, want to be, working together for the same goal. So if you have financial problems, you and your spouse. Both instead have of financial just, problems. Yeah, but instead of just getting mad about it or stressed about it, talk about it, work it through, um, be on the same team. Help each other out. And you know what? That's one cool thing about being married is that you're not alone. You're not in this by yourself. You got people. You you've got someone else to um help you through that. And um that's good, you know. But sometimes we we act like we're not on the same team, like we're fighting against each other. And somebody's, you know, that whole I've got to win mentality right. in an argument. And, and when you win, you lose. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so I, I think that we've covered it. I think that that you guys, if you uh, have any any questions or, or want to talk about this more, Ann and I are here at North Glencoe Baptist Church. You can email us at um, Pastor Tom at northglencoe.org. And uh, I, um, I'm glad that we took some time to share this. As we move forward, we're going to continue talking about marriage. Next week, we're going to have some guests And uh, I think we're going to have a great time, but uh, do you have anything else to add? That's it. Go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening, and go serve your king.